welcome to Potter Revisited, episode 20. I'm Tori. And I'm Shay. Today we are discussing chapter two of Chamber of Secrets, Dobby's Warning. Or, as we like to call it, Dobby will eat your skin off. <laughs> We're finally introduced to house elves in this chapter, which play a huge role in the Harry Potter series. So we have Dobby, who plays a big part in the series and later books. And we also meet Winky and Creature later on, who also play big parts in the series. And it also leads to a big development in Hermione's character with House Elves. And also, I'm not going to say it's the reason Ron Hermione kissed in the last book, but it plays a part. <laughs> what I love about this chapter is it's sort of, since Harry started to establish himself in the wizarding world and sort of develop his second life, this is sort of the first time that his muggle life is invaded by his magical life. Like, he didn't ask for this. It's unexpected. And out of nowhere is this magical creature he's never met before. It's a new character. It's it's so much to just have intruding upon this life where everything is so specific and everything you do is so controlled. To suddenly have something you have no control over, that's rough. <laughs> yeah, especially at the Dursleys. I mean, Harry has no control over anything. But to have no control over Dobby when there's so much expected of him in this situation is so stressful. So Dobby is in Harry's room. Well, he doesn't know it's Dobby yet. So he just walks into his room and he's basically jump scared by this weird creature that's just in his room. And, but Harry's actually quite nice to Dobby. Yeah, he, he has such good manners that he doesn't say, what are you? Where did Harry learn his good manners? Yeah. He thinks, what are you? But he says, who are you? Compared to like Dursley's, Harry has pretty good manners. And I, I don't, yeah. Where did he learn them from? I mean, maybe the Dursleys have good manners in like social situations. They're like, this is how you reply. And this is how you greet people. And this is what you say to people on the street. So like, they know how to act normal and fit in. So maybe he learned that from them, them trying to posture as a normal family. They're not actually nice, but they know how to maintain propriety. And so Dobby, it turns out, has come here to warn Harry not to go back to Hogwarts because something bad's going to happen, but he can't tell him what. And Harry's nervous at first that it's Voldemort. And Dobby's like, no, no, no. And then Harry's like, oh, he doesn't have a brother, does he? He doesn't have a brother, but according to the cursed play that we don't talk about, he has a daughter. You mean the thing that shall not be named? The daughter that apparently Voldemort has, because that's totally a thing that's completely canon and normal. Oh, <laughs> do not speak of it in front of me. One of the things Dobby says is that Voldemort has powers Dumbledore doesn't, powers a decent wizard shouldn't. And I wonder if Dobby's talking about horror cruxes? <laughs> like, to me that makes sense, but also there's no way anybody knows about them yet, really. But it kind of sounds like that's what he's talking about, because like, what are... Voldemort's other powers. Well, maybe if he's seen the diary, maybe, yeah, maybe, uh, well, it could just be alluding to dark magic because they do allude to a few times in this book that, like, just because Dumbledore doesn't use dark magic doesn't mean he can't because I think they talk about that with the Chamber of Secrets. And Erwin talks about, like, how, like, Dumbledore's a good wizard, so he wouldn't use any bad magic. But if it's talking about reference to the Horcruxes, maybe Dobby's able to sense what the diary is if he's seen it compared to Lucius, because he he has different magic and he has different abilities. So we don't know what the house elves' abilities are, so maybe he's able to sense, like, I mean, not, not that it's a horcrux, but maybe it's something. Because Lucius doesn't know what it is. He just thinks it's a diary that's from like, the Chamber of Secrets. So he doesn't know what it is. But it's something. Dobby's on to something. <laughs> One thing I notice is that Dobby's talking about like, just how great Harry is and like, how in awe of him he is. And Harry just, like, cannot take compliments. But, like... 
Dobby says something about how great of a wizard Harry is. And Harry's like, oh, no, like, I'm not as good as my friend Hermione. Or he's like, oh, I'm so sorry I said that. My friend Ron hates that. And he's just, like, talking about his friends. He can't talk about himself, which is so, I don't know, so cute. Because Harry's just like, such a big deal. But honestly, he hates talking about himself. He's just so insecure. I think that's a lot about his upbringing. He hasn't had anything to be proud of, so he doesn't know how to be engaged with compliments. Like, he's just not used to it. He doesn't know how to say, well, thank you. I'm glad you think I'm polite. I do my best, you know? He he is just has things to be proud of. He's just started being in a world where he is skilled and does have so much talent and has done so much that he's just not used to it. You know, he's so used to being Harry under the stairs. He forgets that he's... Harry, who's beaten Lord Voldemort twice now. What a guy. So Dobby, it turns out, has been stopping Harry's letters from arriving because he somehow thought that if Harry hadn't heard from his friends, he just, like, wouldn't show up to school. <laughs> I mean, it's Dobby. But uh, he has this whole stack of letters from Ron, Hermione, Hagrid, etc. And I'm like, wouldn't have this been, like, a big flag? Like, we talked about this last like episode but like harry wasn't responding to letters all summer and he, dobby has this whole stack of just like everyone trying to get in contact with him and wouldn't this be a red flag to like anyone that harry is not responding to this many letters like obviously we know ron and hermione are very concerned and they kind of take it into their own hands but like i said like any adult would be like oh wow that's kind of weird probably should check out on him yep i think uh the gross negligence of adults continues to shine through <laughs> but i also think that we don't take enough consideration into the fact that, I don't know about the UK, but in Canada, interfering with someone's mail is a federal offense. So Dobby could do some time. Dobby and Azkaban? Do they send house elves to Azkaban? I don't know. Or is that just like a wizard prison? Do they have a separate prison? It feels like since house elves are not granted equal rights to wizards, I don't think they would be punished in the same way as wizards. Like, I think they'd let their, uh, the family that has that house elf determine how to punish them or some such ridiculous thing. Probably had to talk about the slave slavery issue a bit later because it's just like a whole other side to the house elves. Yeah, super awful and... Yeah, but moving on, uh, basically Dublin says that he will give Harry the letters. If he swears, he won't go back to Hogwarts and Harry just can't lie, apparently, like any normal 12-year-old. Any Slytherin would just lie and be like, yeah, okay, I won't go back to Hogwarts this year. That's all right. There's so much I could learn at Muggle school. Can I read the letters, though, so I have something to remember my friends by who I will never see again? Like, lie. Be clever. Be cunning. I just feel like it's so weird because, like, any kid would just lie because it's something he wants, and it's just, like, a, such a low... Like, he doesn't know Dobby. He doesn't owe him anything. Like, it's not, it's not that his parents are, like like someone that he wouldn't want to let down. It's just this person he doesn't really know. So like, why does swear, just why is lying to him like matter so much to Harry? It just kind of really speaks to Harry's character, especially at this point in the notebook, that he just won't lie to this random creature that tells him not to go to school. I just don't think lying is one of the earlier ideas that would come to Harry's mind, just because the person he is. Like, if Dobby like went away and said, I'll come back tomorrow and we'll try this again, Harry might have pondered it and been like, oh, I'll just lie. But I think in the heat of the moment, just telling a blatant lie is not going to be Harry's first choice in most situations. Mm -hmm. You said it's very, a very Gryffindor of Harry. Yeah, he's just like, no. Also, I don't think Harry kind of knew what Dobby was, could, was capable of because he didn't know Dobby was going to like leave and like make his life terrible. Yeah, he had no idea. Yeah, he didn't know how... Bad Dobby was gonna go, so. But yeah, as a true Gryffindor, Harry chases Dobby through the house to get those letters back. Like an idiot. Dobby breaks Aunt Petunia's pudding that she's made, and 
disappears. I was wondering, I didn't actually pick up the Britishism of pudding. So reading this, I always thought it was like an actual pudding. Yeah. Like a dessert pudding. But then seeing in the movie and stuff, it's like a cake. So in the Britishism, it's like pudding is just basically like dessert. Yeah, like a chocolate pudding. And that makes so much more sense when you think of like Christmas puddings and stuff. I always just think of actual pudding because I like I like pudding. Yeah. But no, it's just, it's just a, a fancy dessert and Petunia was painstakingly making and it's all over the floor. So at this point, Harry is covered in pudding. Kitchen's a mess. And Harry gets sent an owl from the ministry. It's just like the, they're worried about him doing magic in front of muggles. Yep. But the fact is they sent this letter in front of muggles. Classic. (laughs) Yeah. And it's also the fact that like he lives with muggles. So obviously those are his relatives. So they know he uses magic. So do they know that there are other muggles there that weren't privy to Harry being a wizard and that's why they sent it but also like why would they send it by like a magic letter because that's just more magic let us magically tell you why you shouldn't do magic in front of the muggles in front of the muggles yeah the ministry is not uh, run by the smartest clearly not the most well thought out of schemes on the part of the ministry yeah, that's just the one thing that makes sense. It's like, by the way, you, you, you remember you can't use magic in front of muggles. Meanwhile, there's like this magic letter flying through the house of an owl. Yeah. But I was wondering, can the ministry not detect magic done by humans, like wizards versus magical creatures like house elves? Because like Dobby did this charm for him, but like Harry can barely do magic. So like, how do they think that he did this? <laughs> Maybe they don't know Harry doesn't know how to do any spells yet. They just assumed he's great. They only hear about him through Dumbledore, and Dumbledore's like, best kid ever. Such smart. Very wow. Totally not going to try and have him killed again. (laughs) Um, I think maybe it feels dumb that the Ministry wouldn't know the difference, especially because it's such a distinctive type of magic. Like, there's no verbal spellage, there's no wands, and it's clearly differentiated magically because house elves can use their magic and disapparate inside of Hogwarts when no one else can disapparate inside Hogwarts. Yeah, they have their own kind of brand of magic. Like, they do things differently. So it feels weird that they wouldn't be able to... Like, maybe there's, like, multiple levels of alert you get if there's underage magic. So if you sense any magic in a muggle household that has one magic child, you send the first letter that's threatening, and then you have a team that actually investigates what happened, and then you'll send up a follow-up saying, like, upon further review, where did you get a house elf? Yeah, because it's on, like, Harry's, like, permanent record at the ministry that he used magic, and he's like, it wasn't me! I swear it wasn't me! I don't know how to do magic! Yeah, I I can't... I don't know how to do a Hufford charm. I haven't learned that much. I only know one spell. The ministry we've just like established is like really, really terrible. But they literally put like the fear of God into Harry to the point where he is like being starved in prison thinking he's going to literally die. But he won't use magic to save himself because he got that one letter telling him, oh, if you do magic again, we're going to expel you. Even though he didn't even do it. But like he's just like so terrified of like not being able to go to school that he's like willing to like die. Yeah, he's like, you may starve and abuse me as long as I can go back to Hogwarts, which is so sad. And again, the adults in this entire situation have all failed him. Yep. (laughs) The ministry does not work. Dumbledore sucks. Speaking about adults failing things, the Dursley's house would also fail a fire or a safety inspection because they put bars on his windows, which I'm pretty sure violates city code. Pretty sketchy. Fire code. All rules of safety. And I'm pretty sure the neighbors 
are going to see bars in the window and question it. And isn't the Dursley's whole shtick that, like, they want to blend in and seem normal? Putting bars on the spare bedroom window is not normal. Or safe, again. Yeah, that was my point. Like, I feel like a man comes to install bars on someone's window. Like, isn't that kind of a red flag? Like, what did they say? So it'd be like, because like he probably, it, it, they could obviously like see in the window and see that it's someone's bedroom. So what were they saying? Like, oh, this kid that lives in here is a danger to himself or he, or he climbs out the window. He sleepwalks. So, I mean, if it, if it were a ground floor window, I could say, oh, there's been break-ins in the neighborhood and this is where the room we keep our valuables in or something. But it's second story. So I think their best excuse would be like we have a teenager who's prone to sneaking out at night to like smoke cigarettes in the park with his friends and we want to put a stop to it kids these days yeah it's just it's just very sketchy i mean i'm not gonna lie i've seen some like toronto apartments that have bars on the windows i definitely went to go see some of those apartments when i was a broke person moving to the city Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty sketchy, but they were all on like basement or like bottom floor. So it obviously was probably to protect like theft, but it's still very creepy. I did not live in one of those apartments. <laughs> Little Windring definitely doesn't feel like a neighborhood that has a serious crime problem. They probably have their own like, like a uh, crime neighborhood watch thing. Oh my God. Are you, they're, oh, they're all snoops for sure. They're all watching each other all the time, waiting to report them for like, basic violations of city code like his mailbox is actually three inches too close to the sidewalk and it needs to be sorted out i think maybe regarding bars on the windows maybe vernon put them up himself like he owns a drill company he's probably got some drills at home well the book says that he he got someone to install them but i think in the movie he installs them himself which kind of makes a bit more sense because i just feel like the viewers are so concerned about what people think and so if he's doing it, Vernon can say whatever. But I just feel like if there's some guy installing it, like he's going to have questions and like. The- he's going to go home and tell his family, like, I installed bars on a bedroom window of some kid for this crazy family. Weird. I, like, I feel like that's against code. Like, I feel like no licensed person of any kind is going to put bars on that bedroom window. Maybe it was like a like a under the counter kind of deal. Yeah, like it was maybe just some guy that needed work. I, Uncle Vernon's just like paying him cash under the table, being like, "If you install these bars, here's I'll pay you extra." <laughs> the only way they could do it in a subtle way was if they installed the bars on the inside of the window, and then like tinted Harry's window so no one could see inside. Yeah, but they're definitely outside because Ron pulls them off next chapter. Oh, absolutely. But to me, like, that's the only logical way that they could get away with it without it being super questioned by everyone in the neighborhood. Yeah, it's just, it's very, very sketchy. And I don't know what the neighbors must be thinking. Nothing good. Yeah, so the rest of this chapter, Harry's just, like, basically starving. He's, like, not being fed. They have a cat flat on his door, so Ampatino feeds some, like, cold soup. And he's, like, sharing it with Hedwig, which is really sweet. But it's like cold soup. They're not feeding him a lot. They only let him out to pee like a few times a day. And Harry's just talking a lot about like he's going to die if he's stuck here any longer. And he's just basically talking about how he's going to die for a lot of the end of the chapter. And Harry's 12. Like he shouldn't be thinking things like this. Yeah, it's a little bit uh, extreme. (laughs) A little bit. I think it's just another example of the adults sucking all of them. And I just think that maybe Harry should have separated with Dobby. (laughs) Take me with you. Or like risked Azkaban. Like 
Well, that's the thing. Like, Harry probably would have helped himself because he does know that he's allowed to use magic in, like, uh, dire situations. But because he got in trouble for magic that wasn't like him, he's too scary to try it again because his whole thing is that he wants to go to Hogwarts and he doesn't want to risk anything to not go to Hogwarts. But the thing is, like, obviously, if he had magic himself out or sent Hedwig to send a letter, like, he thought about, like... Magicking Hedwig out and sending like Ron or someone a letter to help, but then he was too worried about getting expelled. So the thing is, like, just like they put the fear of God into him, and it just made his life worse. Like the Ministry of Magic enabled the continued abuse and took away any idea of a safety net Harry might have had, and it sucks. <laughs> so we get to the end of the chapter, and of course, no adults come to save him, but Ron comes to save Harry. Yeah, I love that Harry looks out the window, and there's good old Brown Weasley. Yeah. <laughs> There to save the day. When all the adults fail him, he always has Ron Weasley coming to save the day. As he should. So moving on, we just have a bit more, some more in-depth Dobby thoughts as our main house elf character. I feel like my, my opinions change on Dobby so much throughout the series. Like, in this chapter, I hate him. The kind of anxiety reading this chapter fills me with is like... <laughs> It's like something important is going on downstairs. The only thing they ask of you is to be quiet. You just have to be quiet and you've done your part and it prevents any awkwardness, anything. And he can't. And no matter how hard he tries to tell Dobby just to be quiet, Dobby won't do it. And like, it gives me so much anxiety. Like I can feel my muscles tensing up as it happens. Like it stresses me out so much. And then obviously I soften to Dobby as as he progresses as a character. But in this moment, I'm like... I can't handle it. You're not quite know what to think of Dobby just because he makes things so awful. Like, you do come around to really like him at the end of the book. And obviously, he has great moments in the next few books in the series. But just this early introduction, you're just like, what is this thing? Like, what is he doing? Why is he, like, ruining Harry's life? Yeah, he always has the best intentions, but he goes about everything in the worst way. So my whole point was, why did Dobby come to warn Harry in the first place? So obviously, he heard about this plot overhearing the Malfoys, because Lucy Smilfoy is the orchestrator of all of this. But why was he so compelled to warn Harry in the first place? Like, why does, how does it affect him? Well, I think it doesn't particularly affect the life of Dobby. But I think maybe a little bit of it is Dobby's resentment towards the Malfoys, which he can't really be conscious of because of, like, the burden of house elves. So there's a part of him that, like, doesn't want the Malfoys to succeed in anything because he knows that what they're doing is wrong. And then there's the part of him that has heard wonderful things about Harry Potter being kind and caring and standing up for others. That's like, no, I know this family is evil and I know the person they're trying to hurt is good. And like, what if I can do something about it? Like, it's got to be, it's an incredibly oppressive life to be a house elf. You have no control. You have no freedom. And I think maybe hearing that there's someone out there who treats house elves with, would treat house elves with respect and then finding out that his humans are the ones that are acting against him has got to, like, have been the breaking point, maybe? He was like, how dare they? Yeah, Dobby is just a very self-aware house elf. Like, when we meet, like, compared to a winky or creature, like, he's just very aware of, like, his life. And, like, he kind of almost, like, he wants to rebel against it, but he can't do it on his own. Compared to Winky, who is a very subservient house elf and just, like, has, like, her expectations what her life's going to be, and she's fine with that. Yeah. And then for Creature, who also was like Winky, but he kind of has his opinions on, like, who his master is, like, versus how he felt about Regulus and how he felt about Sirius. So Dobby mentions that um, 
a house elf is tied to a wizard family, and basically they're just they just serve that family until they die, and like I guess they're a spawn or their children or whatever. I don't know how house elves breed, because I know I know because creatures said that his family served the house of black for years. So Dobby just says that he's he will serve the Malfoy family forever. But I was just wondering, how do house elves become tied to a house? Like, because it must go back like generations. I mean, they were probably like caught and enslaved by wizards. Like they probably, wizards realized that house elves could do certain magics that they couldn't. And wizards got lazy of having to bother to wave their wand and do some of their own like household magic. And they probably just literally found house elves wherever they were out living their happy lives and subjugated them. And then after years of having one house elf and then having that house elf's kids growing that raising them as well to just be a subject and work for them it started to become the only lives they knew like they were manipulated and raised for this purpose and at some point they probably even lost the living memory of the time before they were subjugated by the wizards which is sad because i think of them having like happy lives like like hobbits in Lord of the Rings or something. They live in happy, warm homes and they have families and they have interests and they have passions. And and then some person decided that they could use them as a tool and then that entire lifestyle changed for them and they've been miserable ever since. And there's definitely a lot of real, real world instances that kind of like reflect that. And it's just like a sad life, especially since like, we'll get into this later, Blake, but um, how Ron and when Hermione uses like house elves are mistreated like why is this a thing and then ron and everyone who's like been used to this wizarding society are just like oh that's just the way it is you're like why it if you just because looking at it from like a stranger coming into new world and like like us we're just like this like why is dobby treated so badly like this makes no sense but to people like ron or malfoy that's just the way things have always been they don't know any different and it's interesting how ingrained it is into wizard society that even someone like ron even someone like Ron, who's very empathetic and a good guy through and through, doesn't realize how wrong it is. Like, it really says something about what a part of the culture it has become to just have house elves. So you had a point about how Harry just immediately wants to help Dobby. I mean, yeah, that's Harry Potter for you. He's like, do you have a problem? How can I fix it? Do you need help? I, Harry Potter, Gryffindor, will save you. Like, he definitely has... Even though it's not his job to save Dobby, he, you know what I mean? Dobby has not, at this point, helped him or befriended him, has done nothing but hindered him at this point. Harry's gut instinct whenever someone is in a bad situation is to save them or help them and support them. And it's, it's so Harry. Harry kind of gets it because Harry, because Dobby basically says that he's, like, has to serve, like, this family that's kind of terrible forever. And Harry's like, well, I could free you, like how you need help and I think Harry can kind of relate to wanting to escape an abusive household because all he wants to do is leave the Dursleys and it's also kind of funny that him asking Dobby how he can be freed and Dobby tells him oh I can only be freed when my master presents me with clothes at the end of the book Harry actually does free Dobby full circle it's beautiful my other question is Dobby mentions having heard of Harry Potter and his greatness and his kindness and I guess my question is who's been talking about how great Harry is in the Malfoy household yeah I mean we get kind of when we meet Malfoy later on in like the next two chapters Malfoy does bitch about Harry a lot but I don't think any of it's very kind right now yeah like I definitely feel like Malfoy is telling his dad about how annoying Harry is because Malfoy is just a, like, a really jealous kid at this point in time. Potter and his special broomstick. Potter and his 
dragons. Yeah, it's like, why does he get to play Quidditch on the Quidditch team and I don't? Why did he do better exams than me and I didn't? Yeah. It's just like typical like 12-year-old like jealousy stuff. But yeah, I don't think he's talking about how great he is. So I think maybe the only option for Dobby to have heard these things would be like maybe they send the house elves out to do chores. Like they're like, hey, go pick up some eggs from the grocery store. And then he's like there and the other house elves are there and he's like, oh, hey. Oh, hey, how's it going? Good. Have you heard about Harry Potter? Oh, no, I haven't. Do share. Like, I don't know if... I do know that Lucius kind of makes himself look good by doing a lot of charity work and, like, kind of getting in and, like, upper wizarding society. So I'm assuming that, like, most of his inner circle is probably like-minded people like him. But to appear like he's, like, a better person than he is and to get in all the connections, like like high political connections. I feel like he's doing a lot of charity work because we always hear about like how wealthy the Malfoys are and how, how well connected Lucius is. So I'm assuming he's met some decent people that probably are like, oh, isn't, it's so great that Harry Potter is at Hogwarts and he's back in the Wizarding World. And he's like, oh yeah, sure. <laughs> Alternatively, maybe Dobby just knows what a little shit Draco is. So every time Draco talks shit about someone, Dobby's like, probably great. Probably a wonderful guy. <laughs> If Draco hates him, he must be top-notch. Me do have to wonder, though. So Lucius, we don't know how much Lucius knows about Harry and Voldemort's plan. We know that Lucius is very close into Voldemort's circle, and he has the, the horcrux, the diary horcrux, which Voldemort gave him. So he knows that he's very... Voldemort trusted him, at least, even though he messes it up. But how much does Dobby know from probably overhearing things about Harry that Lucius knows? Yeah, because Dobby definitely knows that Harry's very important, but we don't know how Dobby knows that. Like, we don't know to what extent Dobby knows, like, about a prophecy or the fact that Harry can't be killed by Voldemort, but he knows Harry Potter's important. And I think that's definitely... It would be interesting to see all of the things house elves know, sort of before the wizards know them, just because asshole wizards don't acknowledge them as being people, so they probably say a lot of secret stuff in front of the house elves. Well, that's probably how Dobby knows a lot of stuff, because we do know that, like, even Voldemort didn't really consider House Elves as, like, valuable or, like, aware, because that's how Creature was able to get away. Voldemort didn't plan for Creature to survive, but but because he didn't consider Creature's magic or his just, like, him being a living thing that, like... Constantly underestimating things that Voldemort sees to be as less than him is probably one of the key elements of his downfall. But uh, Dob uh, basically, when Dobby is explaining this plot to Harry, Harry's immediate... Trying to explain it in a roundabout way that helps no one. Yeah, trying to explain it. Yeah, but Harry basically is like very intuitive and he's like, oh, this must be a Voldemort thing because that's just what everything's been in the past so far. <laughs> but I was like, oh no, it's it's not not he who must not be named. And I'm like, could, and like obviously this is a hint that Dobby tried to give Harry, but it was a really shitty hint. And I'm like, couldn't he have given him a better hint? <laughs> There's definitely... Because it's just... Because Harry didn't know that Voldemort had a different name. So he's like, oh, it's not that person. And at the end of the book, he's like, okay, that was a hint. And Harry's just like, what the fuck, Duffy? Not helpful. Like, obviously, couldn't have given him a better hint, probably because the plot, and then we wouldn't have a book, but still. He could have acted it out. He could have been, like, charadesing it up. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Two words, sounds like... Dobby also talks about a lot about Dumbledore. So I'm wondering how much like Dobby knows about Dumbledore because he seems to have a really high opinion of Dumbledore. But I'm finding that odd because Lucius Malfoy hates Dumbledore and probably 
he tells Draco that Dumbledore's the worst thing that ever happened to Hogwarts. And obviously Draco doesn't have a lot of respect for Dumbledore. So it's just like very interesting that he is aware that Dumbledore is good because he treats Hell's Hel- really good. But it's a very different opinion from what the Malfoys have. Yeah. I definitely think that in regards to like what Hell's Selves know, that either Dobby in particular just interprets the opposite of everything the Malfoys like to be good. So they're like, oh, they hate Dumbledore. He must be great. Or that house elves, there's some part of the house elf job where a bunch of different house elves get to get together, whether it be like out on certain errands or something, or they write each other letters, I don't know. And they all talk shit about the wizards and gossip about them. Like, I hear this Dumbledore guy's pretty great, you know. Frank works at Hogwarts, and Frank says he's a swell guy. (laughs) (laughs) A little, like, house elf coffee group. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. They, They have a book club, you know. When the wizards go on vacation, the house elves have book club. I wonder if he's like reading the Daily Prophet or something and he just sees things about Dumbledore and stuff. And it's probably like word of mouth too, because I didn't assume that like house elves are running errands for their masters to get like cloaks tailored or to pick up to pick up stuff that they don't want to do and they run into other house elves. They all chat at the dry cleaners when they're picking up. We've got three suits for Malfoy? <laughs> Who's picking up for Malfoy? Yeah, so you talked about your first impression of Dobby was that he just gave you anxiety and you did not like him. (laughs) Oh yeah, he just stressed me out. He shows no sympathy for Harry, who's just trying to explain to him, like, not going to Hogwarts isn't an option for me. Like, I need this. And if Dobby had, like, met him a little bit halfway and been like, listen, I know it's hard, but, like, he just didn't empathize with Harry at all and it would have just made me and Harry's situation so angry I would have been like, who are you to tell me what I can and cannot do? How dare you? You don't know what my life is like. I think Dobby just has a really shitty life that he's like staying here, like in your own room where you're being fed and whatever. Like, it's fine and you won't die. He's just like whole things just like keeping Harry alive. But the more he tries to keep Harry alive, the more more times Harry almost dies. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of Dobby, uh, my brother had told my cousin at the time, who was probably four, that if he didn't go to bed on time or basically do anything we told him to do when we were looking after him, that Dobby would come in and eat his skin off. (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a reference from Potter Puppet Pals since we watched a lot of that growing up and also showed them all to my cousin, which I probably just didn't have because some of them weren't appropriate for kids. But anyway, that's one way to give a kid nightmares, but Dobby. Dobby's gonna come and eat your skin off. Can that be the chapter title? Dobby will eat your skin off? I guess it's the episode title now. Do we have any closing remarks? Can you think of anything? uh... Not really. I think these two opening chapters are just kind of like reintroducing us to the characters and kind of like how awful the Dursleys are. They only really make me think for just how negligent all the adults are in Harry's life, as I talked about multiple times. But nothing, this is just kind of setting up for the story, but the real like juicy chapter bits are coming up. Like I feel like we haven't had too much to talk about besides the characters and the negligence of the Dursleys, etc. But now that Ron's going to be in the next chapter, I'm more excited into the next two chapters because we're going back into the Wizarding World. We get to see, we get to the burrow for the first time. We get to meet all the Weasleys again. And that's where it gets exciting because I feel like sometimes it can be kind of, I kind of drag through these Dursley bits when I reread because I just, I want to get back to the magic. So I'm just really excited to get back to Ron and see Hermione and Mrs. Weasley and all like the twins and everyone. Yeah, I love the twins. I'm just excited for some quality joy riding with the twins. Well, that's everything for now. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Potter Revisited. We will be back next time to discuss chapter three of Chamber Secrets, The Burrow. Woot woot. If you haven't already, consider subscribing to the podcast so you get updates on when we post. And you can also follow us across social media at Potter Revisited. And you can email us anything you would like us to discuss on the podcast or thoughts about future chapters to Pottery Visited Podcast at gmail.com. See you next time. Bye.